0: Here we go. Welcome today to our show. I'm Ken Briggs, and today I'm talking to Kerry Shaler. I believe, I hope I pronounced that right. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Kerry lives in Michigan. He's an avid metal detectorist, and I'll let him talk about what his machines are and how long he's been doing it. So, Kerry, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Ken. I have been
1: metal detecting since 1979. Now uh, I, I started on an old, very old, Sears-branded White's 1DB that my parents bought me for Christmas. And that following year summer, I found my first silver coin, a uh, 1957 Washington quarter, and I've been hooked ever since. Now, over the years, I've moved up. I uh, went to a White's 4DB and I think it was right around 1981 and then got away from the hobby for a while and returned in 1989 with a White's Eagle II SL and the technology with the equipment just had exploded at that point. The digital
0: equipment—it was fantastic. I was finding stuff I never dreamed possible. Indian oh yeah. Yep. V nickels, buffalo nickels—it was absolutely incredible. And these were—and I was hunting parks in Minnesota, Minnehaha
1: Falls, and places that had been just pounded over the years. And it was. Like, I swear, it was like Christmas. The Indian heads were everywhere. I, I couldn't <laughs> get enough. It was crazy. But I realized that those older machines just didn't touch Indian heads for whatever reason. So they were pretty much all there.
0: Right, yep. You had, pretty much followed the same steps that I did because I have got the old uh, TR discriminator from White's back in the 70s. Yep. And then I went to, I got the 4DB and then I put the... I bought the 5000D, and then I bought the 6000D Series 2, and then the Eagle 2SL90. Uh, that, and that was that was a game changer when, when that equipment came out. Oh, and, definitely. But I still wasn't finding gold. hmm And
1: every, it was kind of a... I, I want to find a gold ring again. I, I found one or two early on, surprisingly, with my one DB. Uh-huh. But the the Eagle Two SL, it was like it wouldn't touch it. Yeah. So I bought the XLT. I think in uh, ninety one or ninety two, mm-hmm. and hunted with that. I wasn't I wasn't sold on it, but I hunted with it hard for about two weeks. I found my gold ring, and then. I went right back to the Eagle 2 SL for the next I don't know how many years.
0: That and Eagle 2 seems to be a coin hunter. Yes. A coin it, magnet. It was,
1: yeah, it was a, it was an Indian head and a silver magnet. It was absolutely fabulous.
0: Yep. But for gold rings and and beach hunting and stuff
1: like that it just didn't touch it. So it was right around 1992. I think well, when I re, really got back into hunting again, I kind of committed in 20, 2012 to really focus on the XLT and mm-hmm. get the hang of it, and that's what I did my last year of hunting in Minnesota, and mm-hmm. I did fairly well with it.
0: When did you leave Minnesota then, 2012?
1: Uh, over the winter in in the 2013, went, moved down to Texas and uh, did a little bit of hunting down there, but really struggle to do much of anything i did find one gold ring down there but beyond that that's a tough place to
0: hunt huh. texas is it's, it's not a it's not a friendly state for metal detectorists so mostly what you have to do is get permissions
1: uh-huh. um the, the the water hunting is reservoirs and for most of those are off limits mm-hmm so it, it wasn't a, it wasn't an ideal place for me anyway.
0: Right. Yep. So it's just like it, Wisconsin—you can't hunt waters now, which is ridiculous. But you can't fight the DNR, I guess. Yeah. No.
1: So so in 2015, we moved up here to Michigan, and uh, I've been
0: having a blast ever since. What? <laughs> Yeah, looking at all your stuff that you've been posting on Facebook is outstanding. What did you find most of that with, your V3i? Most of it's with the V3i. Now, the jewelry, I I
1: did expand into water hunting, and I bought a Mine Lab Excalibur II for specifically being in the water.
0: Okay. And that has been a fantastic machine. But now, if I go to the beach and if I'm in the sand, because Lake Michigan has some really nice white sand beaches Uh and...
1: They get packed. It's amazing how much stuff you can find there.
0: Wow. So if I'm in the sand, I'm with my V3i with the D-Tech 13-inch coil working that sand uh-huh. what, and covering some ground. What uh, program do you run on the beach then?
1: Um, I, I pretty much, I run pretty much the same program. I use the uh, coin jewelry program. I I don't use multi-tone, I just use the single tone, and I accept everything positive, and I do that regardless of where I'm
0: hunting. Okay, so you run it from zero up.
1: Yes, anything positive I accept. Okay. And let me decide, and then I decide
0: whether I'm going to go after that target or not. Right, if it's a good tone or not. Right. If it's a good solid hit, if it's the, you know how how much
1: does it vary? Is it sketchy? You know what? What is? I do use that analyze mode on the V3I. I, I find that very helpful in a lot of a lot of situations.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And most of what I do is by is using a different depending on the site I'm on. I switch coils.
0: Uh-huh. Do you um, ever like, use a smaller coil?
1: Yes. In the road sites, I use a six by ten.
0: Elliptical? Uh, okay. Yeah.
1: Because that the road sites, you have so much iron and iron
0: nails. Right. Just shards of metal.
1: So the only way is to get the 6x10 does a pretty good job of getting in between that mm-hmm. and gaining some separation. And you're not really, in the road sites, you're not after depth. It's all about Correct. getting in between the junk.
0: Yeah. I use a five point three on mine. It, I find that would be
1: it, it. would be effective, but some of the some of the sites I'm working for the
0: road construction they are so huge, mm-hmm. and
1: they're moving dirt every day. Right. So yep. you only you have a limited amount of time. Yep. That you can hunt before it gets dark, and you know I, I've I've brought my fluorescent lantern and my. Visor light and stuff, but
0: you're still limited on the m- number of hours you can hunt before they're there the next day. turning and dirt, right? Yep. And you and you can hit it again the next night. So it's there's a balancing
1: act, and the six by ten gives me a little more ground coverage,
0: and being able to go back the next night and do it over and over and over again. Right? Yeah, that's what we normally do: is hit the roads, you know, every night. And every weekend when they're not there, until the blacktop and the concrete go on.
1: Yeah, and and some of the best points are when they're scrape right when they're scraping out prior
0: to putting down their final roadbed. Yep. That's when I found some of the best finds come out. But it's
1: such a sh- it's such a short window that. You have to be on it
0: when it happens. If you if you miss a day or you miss two days, it's it's gone. Yeah, and they hit the small piles, you know, that they put along the edges when they're getting ready to clean everything out.
1: Yeah, and and you want to hit that when they scrape that roadbed out. It's like, oh, geez, I got three blocks worth of
0: ground I need to cover, <laughs> and I got two hours. How am I going to do this? So. <laughs> Been there, done that, I'll tell you. <laughs> it's, it's crazy, yeah. it, but it's, it's a lot of fun, and, and
1: I found that a lot of these uh, construction outfits, you know, I've there was one site this summer where the, the, the foreman, he would come and check on his equipment, and he'd find me there over the weekends and stuff, and he would actually come back almost every night to see what I was up to and see what I was finding.
0: Yeah, that's where we had some of the guys locally here would come up and say well what are you finding tonight you know and we'd show them and that's awesome you know yeah and and
1: I got his card so I'll be I'll be contacting him you know in the next month or two to find out find out what sites they're going to be working this summer and and hopefully that gives me a leg up because a lot of the city websites don't aren't real updated or if they do post construction they're going to do it's in an obscure spot and it's hard to find
0: right yeah do you belong any. to any clubs in michigan yes i do the, the uh the
1: southwest michigan seek and search club it's swmss.org on the web okay um, they they usually go through uh they do have a
0: facebook page that it's kind of connected to them it's the kalamazoo metal detecting page okay but uh,
1: they do have a website. And then prior to that, for a few years back in the, in the 90s, I was a member of the Gopher State Treasure Hunters in Minnesota.
0: Okay. I started then, the Three Seasons Treasure Hunters Club here in Chippewa, but I have since walked away from it. And I just do everything through my business at Ground View Metal Detector Sales and Rental here in Chippewa. Is there, is there a heavy presence of hunters there in that area? Yeah, there is. Uh, I think that club's got probably thirty people now. Well, that's pretty good size. Yeah. No, but... Southwest Michigan Seek and Search, I think, is
1: one of the largest clubs in the country. It's it's pushing almost a hundred members now.
0: Holy cow! That's... It's it's a big club, and and you you go to these meetings and you see what people bring in for the bringing and brag and and the the best find of the month stuff, and uh-huh. it's
1: absolutely incredible, and it just fires me up that much more to get out there, because I want
0: to find this stuff too. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I belong to the Zumbro Valley Treasure Hunters Club down in Minnesota also. So. Okay, and they're out of, are, are they out of, Roche- That's out of Rochester? That's correct, yeah, Rochester. Is out of Rochester. Yep. So I think Gopher State, Treasure Hunters,
1: and Zumbro Valley actually had a get-together one winter...
0: Uh-huh. at a restaurant, I, I I think it was like halfway in between at Red Wing or something, yep, I I, yep. I re- vaguely remember going to it. Uh-huh. But, yeah, I, I belong to that, and like I said, I walked away from the three seasons, and I'm busy with the 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 uh, Ground View Metal Detector sales and rental, and, and I'm teaching people how to hunt and stuff, and then I spend most of my time in the summer if I'm not on a road construction, then I'm at our local northern Wisconsin state fairgrounds hunting it.
1: Oh, that would probably be
0: pretty good. Oh, we we keep finding coins there. But it's privately owned, and you have to have permission to be on there. Right. And a lot of people don't understand that, and you have to have proper digging techniques in order to uh, get on the grounds to hunt it. They just don't want anybody to just start digging, you know. That's probably one of the toughest things for new hunters
1: is the, the the digging aspect of it, and it's it's something that's not really taught unless, especially when somebody wants to get into it. That's just buying machine. I, I to to show them how to do it properly out of the gate. It's not something that's brought up so much. Now you probably have a better opportunity if you're selling the machine directly to somebody
0: that's new. Right. Yep. And that's a problem. We're we're uh, getting hurt by internet sales because everybody buys on the internet, and they don't get the local laws. They don't get proper digging techniques. They don't learn how to take out the trash and you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, and that's something that's missed. I mean, I grew up with it back,
1: going back to the late '70s. So, I mean, and I was back then. It was a concentric coil. So, yep. pointer pinpointer and and a ground off screwdriver is the only thing. I didn't have a pinpointer. No. I, I pinpoint with a machine and I had a ground off screwdriver for probe.
0: Yeah. That's what I used. We're not we didn't even have pinpointers back then when I first started. No. They were never I, thought of. I,
1: I I I dad ground off a screwdriver for me and away I went.
0: <laughs> yeah. I hear ya. You
1: know the the <laughs> digging was basically just kind of Probing until you got it, and then kind of open up a little pocket where you can get your finger in there and pull it out.
0: Right, and I also use a uh, gasket tool, gasket removing tool, one of those little flathead things. Oh, okay. Those work slick. You just reach under and pop it out, and there's no damage at all.
1: Yeah, and, and I had to learn when I bought the V3i in 2015 that was where the double d coil oh boy i need to get a pinpointer i need to get a, <laughs> uh, it was a whole i had to learn how to dig a plug and all that it's like okay mm, this is a those double d coils have that hot strip as
0: opposed to a concentric where it's a spot in the center of the coil right yep pinpointing
1: isn't as accurate so if you don't have a garden trowel and a, a garden knife and a and a pinpointer you're gonna struggle
0: oh definitely it takes a little bit to learn how to do this hobby you know you're not going to just run out of the gate and grab a metal detector and and go and think you're going to make millions they, well i don't
1: know of anybody that's made millions i'm
0: still <laughs> looking for mine <laughs> yeah me too <laughs> doesn't mean i'm not going to stop looking <laughs> right yeah i hear you what is the website that uh, that you have or for the club or do you have your own website or No, I
1: just I just have my Facebook page that's
0: under my name. Uh-huh. And I
1: I am mem- I'm on the Minnesota Metal
0: Detectors Facebook page. Yep, I'm on I am there too.
1: And I'm also I'm on Gopher State because at some at one point I was
0: a member so they let me join that. Okay. And I'm I'm a member on a few other sites.
1: As I've been a, uh, Lone Star Treasure Hunters down in Texas, they had a they had a club, and I'm on their website. Although I'm not real active, but I like to see what what kind of stuff
0: they're finding. Right. Yeah. So I, I kind of follow some of those the, the people from down there. So what but, uh, what got you into the hobby then? Or?
1: I was always. Uh, I've always been a scrounger, Uh eyes to the ground, you know, picking up change,
0: Mm -hmm. uh, returnable. Back when I was a kid, returnable bottles were worth a dime, bottles were worth three cents. I mean, I was out hounding all that stuff. Yep, always been a scrounger, and and my parents always wanted to get a good Christmas present, Mm -hmm. but wanted it to be something that would get used and that was somewhat educational. Right, yep. So metal detecting got big in the in
1: the late seventies. So in Christmas nineteen seventy eight, they
0: got a metal detector. Hey, neat. So it, my brother wasn't, you know, and it was supposed to be for me and my brother, but my brother wasn't. It didn't have a whole lot of interest in it, but I latched onto that thing. Oh yeah. As a as, as a friend I'd grown up with,
1: they had a they had a metal detector. Their dad had bought one, and they were their day him and his brother were his, his dad's digger, mm-hmm. but during summer vacation, when he was at work, yep. my friend grabbed his metal detector. I brought mine, and we went and did the
0: boulevards in South Minneapolis. There you go. And we loaded up on wheat pennies and silver coins. Mm-hmm. I mean, nothing terribly old, but right.
1: We sure had a good time.
0: Oh, definitely. You what know, are some of the? La- yeah. What are the, some of the laws up there in Michigan? Uh, Michigan is pretty, pretty open, uh, especially what's
1: nice about the state park system is they are very in tune with the hobby of
0: metal detecting. Okay. So if you go to the Michigan DNR website mm-hmm. and punch in metal detecting, they'll, it'll bring you to a section where it'll give you a list of all the state parks. Uh-huh. And
1: some parks are completely off limits. Some parks are completely
0: open for metal detecting, and okay. other
1: parks have air designated areas where it's allowed
0: oh really okay. and the
1: ones that were where it has designated areas where it's allowed there's
0: p d f maps okay. that will give you a a map of the park and show you where you can and cannot go hmm. so in, in Michigan is probably one of the most friendly states for the hobby mm-hmm. I wish Wisconsin would be.
1: And uh, yeah, it would be nice. And the big thing is that we take care to dig our dig properly and learn all those good techniques so that places aren't closed to us. Now, some towns in the state have put made laws, Uh basically
0: banning metal detecting. But that's 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 just like the usual bad digging techniques and whatnot. Right. and things like that right that's that's why uh the dnr i think put a stop to it well i know that's why they did it because a couple of detectors took out some copper culture and sold it on ebay and that's what started the ball rolling the dnr caught wind of it and in november of 2009 they closed it off
1: Here, that's now off limits to metal detecting. I don't exactly know what happened. I never even
0: really got a chance to hunt that site. Oh, that's too bad. But yeah, and, and there's another uh, and uh, the neighboring county, the other
1: direction. I was hunting it two seasons ago, but they closed it because they had band. They used to be open, so people could go in there and walk their dogs and whatnot.
0: But they uh-huh. had some vandalism and the caretaker warned me that they were probably going to be putting gates up and locking it. Right. Yeah, it wasn't because of the metal de- detecting, it right. was because of the vandalism that occurred. Okay. And that has subsequently happened, so that one's kind of off limits now too just because they they put up gates that are locked that you can't get in. Uh-huh. So what's the future look like for you? What are you what are your plans for as you get older and that's a tough question (laughs) i mean i'm currently kind of Uh semi-retired i'm in my early 50s but i'm living my dream oh i wish i was in my early 50s i'll tell you in the
1: summertime i am currently working at a kind of a just a
0: job just to get me through the winter so i'm not sitting around right but uh my I had a heart attack in 2011, and that kind of changed my outlook on things. Oh, yeah.
1: When you're, when you're dead on the floor.
0: Yep, it's all over.
1: Yeah, it's like, well, maybe what I'm doing isn't
0: the most important thing that I could be right. doing. Maybe yeah, I should be doing some things that I want to do. Yeah, I turned 63 here in April, and in this last June I was uh, diagnosed with leukemia, so... I'm enjoying every day that I'm got on the earth, you know to go out and enjoy this hobby and enjoy my family, yeah, so something, I,
1: you have those kinds of events that kind of change your perspective on what you're doing,
0: yep, and you find out that i mean, I was into collecting cars and all this you know and that's not that's expensive stuff to have, right, yep. Which means you've got to be bringing in the cash, and, and after the heart attack, it's like yeah. kind of a waste. Right. It's more fun to be out there hunting and enjoying the day. Yep. Yeah, I don't care if I find something. It's just nice to be out with that metal detector and enjoying the outdoors, you know. Yeah, uh, being outside every day, enjoying the,
1: enjoying the sunshine. Now in the, in the prime of the summertime when I'm really at it, I am up at five o'clock in the morning so I can get to Lake Michigan by six six uh-huh.
0: And start either working the sand or I'm in the water. I mean, right. Depending
1: on what the wave forecast is, I'll do one or the other.
0: Right. Yeah, you've got yeah, some then, impressive finds. I I've been watching your post and stuff and It's that's awesome.
1: Yeah, so it's but it's not
0: it's it's a lot of work. Oh, yeah. That's the thing <laughs> it is. And you've got to know your uh, machine and the whole nine yards. And Like my uh, buddy and I both have V3Is, and they're awesome machines. But it, uh, that first month I had it, I was ready to wrap it around oh. the tree. Oh, I know. It's so hard to learn it. But once you learn it, that's an awesome machine. Oh, it,
1: it is. I can't imagine going back to anything else. But
0: it, it's, We tried month. that. We tried to j- jump back to a different machine. From that V3I, and we had to go back to the V3I. <laughs> That's the way it was. Yeah, I, I, I'm used to all the things going on, I, the,
1: the three frequencies go operating together, and the analyze and, and But now that I know Sorry. what targets, what their
0: analyze is going to look like, what primary frequency they're going to hit on right. all these things, I can't. It's like I can't go to anything else. Right. It's hard to go back to anything else. So. And yeah, yeah, practice makes makes all the difference. That's that is huge. Yes, it is. Yes, uh, I guess the one thing is, is for anybody getting into it, and 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 they do get that machine. Be patient. That first month is rough. Oh, definitely. Anything uh, <laughs> that you can think of, let the the kids that are coming up in this hobby. Anything you can say to them to help them out. Patience
1: patience and research the kids that are starting out this day have a huge advantage with the internet being what it is and being able to research and have access to the old maps and know where the old sites are that's something that we, we,
0: we couldn't even dream of back in the, the 90's no we had to go to the library and get our information yeah but then 90s right yep and
1: and overlay them on the maps of today
0: yeah I, that didn't exist no it didn't we just we, had to look have, at, at maps in the books and and get them photocopied or whatever and then had to take them out and try and find something yeah it, it was all trial and error when we were hunting right where now with the, the
1: technology that's out there i hunt with a guy that does farm fields we do get permissions and do farm fields uh-huh. and he has got these over gps overlays of the old maps on the current map so he has his position on the phone and we can he can overlay an old map and say okay the house was right there
0: right and we drive right to it yep that's one advantage they got nowadays it's it's absolutely incredible or
1: i still do things kind of the old school way or if i go out in the field with some of the couple of the other guys i hunt with
0: we go wander around and look for the the old pottery shards it's like okay we're getting close right <laughs> yeah it, you know and that's some of the stuff that we know from years of experience of doing this you know that the youngsters have no clue yet I, I'm still. I like learning. Some of it's kind of fun. The, the hard way. It, it's the half of it's the adventure. Oh yeah, definitely. And then doing the electrolysis on you know, stuff that you find that needs to be cleaned up, and then do your research on what you found is awesome. You know. Yeah, and I, and and being here in Michigan, I have found some stuff that I didn't even know existed. Huh. Uh, the Civil War tokens, the Canadian bank tokens. I didn't even know this stuff existed until I moved here to Michigan and started finding this stuff. Uh, what the heck is a Civil nice. War patriotic token? What's a store card? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm just in awe of it. And then to find out that there was actually some issued in Minnesota is pretty impressive, that there was actually several Civil War tokens issued in Minnesota. They are rare. Yeah. I mean, Rare, rare. There were. If you run across one, whoa, wow. Yeah, I got a friend of mine that found a uh, Civil War token up in New Auburn. He didn't know what it was, and he brought it to me. And the problem was, he cleaned it. So. Yeah, and I the the roadside finds I have, I clean them. Yeah. I I mean, they come out so rotten that. Anybody looks at it, they're going to say, "What the heck is that?" Right. Yep. So
1: they get the peroxide treatment, or the Tarnex treatment, or combinations thereof. Baking mm-hmm. baking soda in hot water. Yeah, I do. It, it, I do admire different things to
0: at least get them to a point where you can decipher what they are. Or the rock tumbler. <laughs> the the, well that's for the new stuff yeah (laughs) (laughs) because that'll absolutely destroy oh i know well in years to come the new coins won't be around because they just go right into the ground disintegrate yeah
1: zinc doesn't want to naturally be in a solid state no it wants to be in an oxide form so it kind of disintegrates
0: so, yeah, but in my mind, that's okay. They, they can run away. Yeah, that's right. Let me find the Indian heads underneath. There I'm, you go. I'm good with that. Yep, that's right. Well, I think, is there anything else that we haven't touched on that you can think of, Kerry? Um, I don't
1: know. I don't think so. Uh, keep on hunting and, and be patient. Right. It's out there. Yeah. Research and patience. Persistence. Learn your machine. Right. Set up a garden in your backyard. Go to the beach and find new coins, just so you get to hear what tar- good targets are going to come in
0: like. I, there's a, so many different ways to learn it. Yeah, set up a coin garden in your yard. Um, uh, use it going to a going to a beach where your digging techniques aren't as critical, right? And and places like that where you can learn some stuff. Where right. You can you can hear how things are going to come in and
1: you can play around out there without damaging anything damaging any of the ground right yep
0: well i want to thank you for being on the show today and thank you yeah yeah good luck uh 2019 if you get a chance to come down this way look me up be out this summer um, not
1: sure which way we're going to trek to minnesota but we will be going out that way and uh I kind of, I have a tendency to pre-plan a trip along older routes so that I can go through lots of little towns and see if there's any road sites to pick around in, sidewalk care routes, you name it.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's kind of intentional. And we also have a, an old park, too, here in Chippewa. It's 1905 yeah, for Irvine Park. All right. So and we found and a we, ton uh, of stuff there, so. I will definitely be
1: in contact if we head that direction.
0: All right, sounds good. Thanks again. Right. Happy New Year to you, Kerry. Same to you. And happy hunting for 2019. I'll be watching for your finds. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yep. Bye. bye